you're listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast hosted by myself, Rich Needham, and my co-host, Henry Salmon. Welcome. You're listening to I Might Be Wrong. I'm Rich. I'm Henry. Hello, Rich. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Perking up, perking up. Got some beer. Life's good. <laughs> nice. We just had to stop recording because of a massive rainstorm that just destroyed our sound. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe that would have just added some ambience. Atmosphere. Yeah. Maybe we should have just left it running, kind of some rain for five minutes. Would have been really relaxing for our listeners, just hearing it coming through your roof. Yeah, mindfulness. You know, just <laughs> it's, chill out. It's important. But we're here to talk about music, and it's your choice. And you've picked a band and an album that I'm very annoyed with myself that I haven't listened to more over the years because this was one that I bought on release and loved and just seemed to lose track of. So tell us, tell us who you've brought. Right, so I'm bringing Animal Collective to the table with their album Merryweather Post Pavilion, which was recorded in 2009. And actually like you, I was going to say the same thing. They passed me by originally. Really? And so we've just been discussing it. I don't know why they did, because everything about them is the kind of thing that I like. They're slightly independent. They do their own thing. Um, We'll go into what they sound like in a bit. But they got a huge amount of indie hype back in 2009, when especially when this record was coming out. And again, we'll go into the detail on that later. But for some reason missed them completely almost okay so how did you find them so only well relatively recently so in 2016 they released painting width okay and in painting with the first song on the album is is floridada oh yes okay and that song came out as a single and i must have bumped into it on a website listened to it and thought this is great fun who are these people And and i've heard of animal collective they're a they're not a small name in music, especially in the indie crowd. So yep. I thought, this is fun. I like it. I like the style. And then I was going to read an album review of it. And instead of reading that one, I bumped onto a Merriweather album review mm-hmm. and suddenly read it from, I think it was Pitchfork. And Pitchfork was saying, this is one of the best albums of the 2000s. Absolutely brilliant everyone should know about this and i'm sitting there on the train i was drunk in the evening coming back home <laughs> thinking shit i i just don't know this at all right i've never come across it and so that turned into a bit of a it's a bit of a snowball effect mm-hmm. of me reading more about it listening to it realizing what i'd missed out on and so really this is one of my more recent albums that I enjoy, but it was recorded quite a long time ago. Interesting. Yeah, because I found this album when it first came out or near it first coming out. <laughs> I remember the album cover because if you go and look at the album cover for this, it's an optical illusion on the front cover. It doesn't have any other information. It's just a purple background with these yellow and green shapes that as you look round the cover, it looks like things are on the move. And I remember seeing that and I already knew that I wanted to buy their album, but that sort of sold it and grabbed my attention. And I, I must have listened to it a bunch of times over a couple of months and then put it back in the stack and just nev- never listened to it again. And yeah. I don't know why, because for me, it's got electronica, there's psychedelia, it's beautiful and there's there's loads of clever stuff going on it's it's exactly my kind of music and yet i just sort of forgot about it yeah and i don't know whether that was the american press or not 
whether it was just huge there. But you're right, they've got this kind of psychedelia, experimental style. They've got kind of some almost African rhythms bumping around and folk. Some of the vocals are very Beach Boys-esque. There have been a, a few nods in the direction of Smile by the Beach Boys and kind mm-hmm. of saying... I mean, it's not the Beach Boys, but it's kind of in that direction of two people who are really trying to experiment in that way. There's a lot of vocal layering as well, which is a very Beach Boys pioneered thing. And I do think there's also elements of if... I wouldn't necessarily say that they're in any way copying it, but certainly if you like some of the earlier Vampire Weekend work, this is something you should listen to because it's almost a more experimental style of of that that sort of subgenre, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then if you go... further beyond into more recent times Tame Impala Alt-J seem to spring to mind those kind of bands well Tame Impala a a band that I absolutely love and have seen live a number of times and I suspect I probably got into them because of Animal Collective and somehow they've become a bigger thing for my my general collection than Animal Collective were and you mentioned the Pitchfork review, and I know I've slagged off Pitchfork a number of times on here, but that's one thing that I do love Pitchfork for, is if they say something is worth going to listen to, it's worth it going to worth listen listening. to. It's yeah, yeah. worth at least seeing whether it taps into something for you. Yeah. So anyway, let me tell you about the band. Yes. So they are from Baltimore in the States, and they're a four-piece, well, actually almost a four-piece, we'll come on to this, but okay. Dave Portner... No Lennox, who also goes by the name of Panda Bear. You may have heard Panda Bear's stuff. Yeah. Quite similar to Animal Collective, but very popular. I think I've got one of his albums. Josh Dibb and Brian White's. Now, Portner and Lennox are the two vocalists and their vocals play off each other. The most interesting person in the four piece, at least kind of from the Merriweather Post Pavilion aspect, is Josh Dibb. The reason that Josh Dibb is the most interesting is that he didn't record. He's the band's guitarist. Okay. He took time off for personal reasons. So a band without a guitarist was a little bit lost at sea. Yeah. And so without that, into this kind of void, they approached producer Ben Allen, who is very famous. I work with Niles Barkley, lots of interesting sampling and working with all sorts of clever techniques and he said well we don't need a guitar we're going to record Merriweather with basically samples now they'd been creating these songs a few years before like in in 2007 they'd started thinking of these songs and in the studio they would record their own music sample their own music chop it up and loop it and layer it and play it back and and stack it all up on, on top of each other, which actually is how the Beach Boys worked. <laughs> right, it's, when exactly, we were... <laughs> it's exactly what they did for Smile. It's just what Brian Wilson was doing. Yeah. And they did a similar thing. And so, yeah, Ben Allen was saying in their previous albums, which I don't rate very much, there's less vocals, there's less bass. But in this album, he really picks out some of that style. And it creates just a really interesting kaleidoscopic style of music so when this was recorded it was recorded at a really interesting time so 2009 was when the album was released and blogs the internet kind of releasing music out into the internet was becoming the de facto way of you know we'd just transitioned away from cds and this album started getting huge amounts of hype like proper 
chat in the indie world mm-hmm. to the point where they released one song i think it got leaked brother sport which is the last song on the album okay it was leaked to the press and then lots of blogs and websites copied the the mp3 posted it and so there was all this word of mouth of this animal collective albums coming out and this kind of hype train built up around it which yeah. I, to- I totally missed it <laughs> i had no right. idea this was going on but i think that helped everyone knew that they had an album it was kind of weird it was a bit like the hype around some of radiohead albums that we've talked about where you just you know something big's coming and you yep. and you kind of hear that people are saying this is a different one that's what happened with this album yeah and i think that's probably where i would have picked up some of that stuff from it got a lot of radio play something and it might have been that track got a large amount of radio play in the sort of British indie circles, so Six Music, XFM, all that lot. And so I think it was just one, we had to listen before we started recording, and there are a couple of tracks that really pop as like, you know when your brain just goes, yes, I remember this. And it's, it's, it's one of those that has a few of those tracks, but not loads of them. So that to me says I listened to it more on radio play than I necessarily did to the album itself. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. I mean, the, the first song in the album in the flowers is uh it's one of the best opening tracks i think of an album in the 2000s if you look at reviews at the time reviews probably slightly over egged the pudding but they were all calling us out as one of the greatest albums ever made and brilliant and super and this song is if you don't know it definitely put it on it's a it's a slow build of a song which has all sorts of gentle layering of instruments of synths a little bit of drumming some vocal boops and beeps and the song kind of builds up and builds up and then at about two minutes 30 or so there's this sudden kaleidoscopic explosion of sound yeah it's like a party going on in your um in your head there's a line just as it is about to launch into it the lead singer says, if I could just leave my body for the night and it, brr, the whole song kicks in. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It is a sublime moment in music. It's a real good tone setter for the album as well because it has a lot of the things that they do throughout the album in terms of, you've talked about the vocal layering, but there's instrumental layering going on in there. There's things being put on loops. There's just that ability to do like a, a quiet, quiet, slower, bigger, 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 big wonderful outpouring moment three quarters of the way through the track or halfway through the track that just is this release of all the tension they built up beforehand but another thing that i find interesting reading the producer's notes on this is the way that they didn't want to go down the route which has become so popular of loudness and bands and artists particularly pop artists went for a sound that was the loudest thing that could come out of your a pair of your car speakers or your phone because people have now got you know two minute attention spans because there's so much media flying around so the loudest song is the best and animal collective rallied against this and if you listen to the the album it's not loud it's very kind of i guess it's kind of a hi-fi level it's quite high fidelity it's quite high pitched and there's no kind of there is bass, but many other producers would have swamped this and just thrown the bus at your speakers. And this doesn't actually do it. 
they try to kind of say hang on there's beauty in delicate music yeah they're flooding with detail rather than with noise yes and actually that's a really good point because i think this album if i were to criticize anything about it is that there's so much detail it can feel a bit overwhelming i think that's part of the it's one of those albums that you need to grow into it and you need to let it sit with you and i think that's something that not everyone has the patience to do that and sometimes you'll think an album is that and it doesn't reward multiple listens but this is an album that if you listen and listen and listen and listen i mean that's the thing for me the tracks that i know really well i know all the little like chirps and quirks and electronic stuff that's going on and the different vocal things that they've dropped in and i think the more you know that stuff the more you really appreciate it's like seeing a monet painting where you look at it from afar and you're like yeah that's that's a really cool painting and then you step up close and you can see all the little details and all the little dots and you look at that from a foot away and you you almost can't imagine understanding what that will look like as a whole as someone's painting that but you step away from it it's this wonderful big picture and they've sort of done you know there's all these little details and mini things going on but then you've got a massive hornet trying to get in look at the fucking size of that jeez it might break through the glass (laughs) it's trying to i could literally hear it from across (laughs) the room (laughs) trying to get in anyway sorry we we're being attacked but i think we'll survive jurassic park i'm not saying that they are at that kind of masterpiece level but it's it's that same approach of having lots of little things going on that when you step back once you appreciate the full picture it sounds amazing yeah and the second song in the album my girls is a another great example yeah. of that yeah, yeah and it starts slow and the vocals are drawn out and then when it picks up and it goes into the verse everything's sped up and you suddenly get this change of pace my girls was popular if, if you if you know any of their music this is the most popular song pitchfork said it was the best song of 2009 it's been named it's up there in the top 10s and the top 20 lists of enemy said it was for whatever that's worth the 248th best song ever made um which is just <laughs> bollocks but whatever but the point is they created a very very clever song in in my girls and if you don't know animal collective make sure you listen to this and it's got a lovely vibe as well it's um a simple theme of a father wanting a safe place for his family yeah nice and easy and it's recorded brilliantly and it's a beautiful i mean we're talking about this entirely the wrong time of the year because it's it's i would consider it a, one of those beautiful spring day life is starting to open up again type tracks yes and yes. it is is perfect for that sort of sitting in a park headphones in watching the world go by type moments yeah and the the rest of the album um i'm not going to dive into too much more in, in detail the rest of the album then takes that tempo and then just carries on and lots of the songs on there are critics say they go on too long but it feels almost like they're getting into a vibe a bit like a lot of electronic music when it gets going you kind of just let it go and it goes on for 10 minutes 15 minutes and you just get caught up in this vibe the thing is that you have to ensure that there are peaks and troughs and things wind in and out and all that kind of stuff and animal collective do that stuff they do it very well it's a very accomplished album from that perspective are there there particular tracks that i should put on the playlist for people to listen to yeah summertime clothes is another great example of their work 
line in a coma is a bit weird it's got this kind of chanting and then brother sport that i mentioned that's mm-hmm. almost african polyrhythms bouncing around that's the one that was leaked a lot of their music does sound like a kind of funny mix of vampire weekend mashes into beach boys someone un- very unkindly said in one of uh, in a review i read that <laughs> animal collective sound like the beach boys playing two of their songs together at the same time um which which is kind of rude but i kind of laugh at it because it, in in some ways it does describe them quite well it's their, their songs are busy yeah well we were chatting about i think it might have been my girls and we we're talking about the was it my girls or was it in the flowers one of them has this polyrhythmic thing going on so it does sound like there's two songs going on at the same time but it's very cleverly done to work together and i think part of that might just be you know you think about a lot of these reviewers they're getting a lot of albums thrown at them they might only listen to it a couple of times before making a judgment call and i I think that's often the problem with an album like this that really you need to listen to it a dozen times before you really plug into how everything works together and your brain sort of pulls all of that together in a way that makes sense yeah and i i found that with some of the stuff on this album where there are tracks on here where you listen to them the first time you're like i don't really really know what they're doing here and then you give another few listens you're like oh oh hang on a sec there's something in there that's tying it all together but it's all a bit disparate until you understand it so there's a review by the obviously slightly random boston globe that hallmark of musical reviews but it's it's they have a lovely summary it says some of the phrasing sticks some of it soars most of it slips and slides through puddles of rich sonic texture only at a distance does the magic of the whole major key mess become clear and it is a major key mess and it's not inaccessible but you could be forgiven for walking into a room and walking out of it listening to it thinking there's a bit of too much noise yeah, you talked about pop music and the fact that people were trying to just do something that people could listen to in their cars. The problem with this album is it needs to be listened to on a proper hi-fi system or a really great pair of headphones. And back to the loudness part, you can't really listen to this in a car. It doesn't have the bass. It doesn't punch through a room or a, a, a place. Right. Um, it will be shipped if you were in a bar. You couldn't have this music playing in the background because you just hear this noisy, teeny background music and it would just not work. So... Yeah, it's a, that's a fair point. So you mentioned diving through their back catalogue. You also mentioned that you weren't impressed by anything prior to this. Are there other albums and pieces that we should dive into other than this album? So after Merryweather, I got very excited, went into their back catalogue, sung tongs, <laughs> kind of weird spoonerism, and Strawberry Jam, are both their most well-known albums, but they're not as established, they're not as excellent i hate to say it because the guitarist was missing at the time but it feels like it was a blessing that he wasn't there more recently um they they've had a couple of good albums painting with and tangerine reef a good tangerine reef's worth a, a good old listen but i don't think anything really comes near this high point and it was it, it feels like they found a studio they found a producer they found a sound they've captured it and in all the interviews, they said it was quite an easy process and it was great fun to record. It's just a band that have just found a really nice way of recording a, an hour's worth of music and have just captured that. Yeah, you just hit that moment where everything just pulls together perfectly. And some bands, they can go back to that world time and time again. And some bands, it's it's that one album and that's it. Yeah, if you go through um, 
what other people think. I mean, people have compared this to Kid A. People have said it's one of the best albums ever written. And that was back in 2009. I don't know whether it's not aged that well, but it's certainly super well received, but it's just not that accessible. Yeah, I haven't had a proper dig back through painting with, uh, so I can't call out specific songs, but I do remember there being a couple on there that I really loved. So I'll whack them on the playlist if I work those out and have a listen. Yep, and they're still recording. Yeah, I saw that. Their new single, Presta John, um, who some of you may know is some kind of weird, slightly legendary Christian King stroke okay. famous person. But anyway, they're, they're, they're still putting out music, but I listened to it. It's all right. But it won't capture the um, the slight kind of craziness that's that's in this album. So have you seen them live? I haven't. I only really got into them recently. And as my gigging just declined as I left <laughs> London, my enthusiasm for them has increased. So no, I haven't. You? Uh, I don't think so. So they might have played at a festival that I was at. But they, if they did, they didn't make enough of an impact for me to be raving about their set afterwards so yeah I, I don't think so so i think in closing for these guys because we kind of said in terms of influences i almost went the wrong way if you like tame impala and bands like that and yep. um, vampire weekends listen to them uh but i would say that certainly for some people who if this album passed you by back in 2009 and you don't know it and you're happy with sonic intricacy and almost difficult at times music is brilliant and the first two songs on that album are absolute stonkers yeah for people who have time and effort to put into listening to an album this is definitely one that will reward you if you can be bothered to stick with it do it after a couple of beers as well it's even better with beers <laughs> just a fair recommendation. enough cool well thank you for that one good reminder of a band that i really enjoyed and then completely forgot about so i'm going to go back and have a bit more of a listen cheers henry no worries. Um, yeah, we'll catch up next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong. 